What's up, everybody? I am Ryan McNichols, host of Fantasy Oddballs Football Podcast. I am joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. We are talking everything Dynasty and season-long fantasy football. We dig through all the numbers so that you don't have to. What's up, everybody? We are back. We are going to finish up where we left off last time. We're going to look at some more roster cloggers, go through the rest of the games up this upcoming weekend. It is technically November 12th at this point. We are run- we are recording late. I am, of course, joined by my co-host, Rich Hauk, and our producer, Mike Coyle. What's going on? Yo, yo. Alright, what are you guys, you guys are both looking at something. Um, I was trying to see what time it was. I I can't believe it's 12.30 already. Yeah, Yeah. well, we just spent a lot of time talking about, you know, unions and things like that. (laughs) A little break in between the episodes, but let's hop back into it. So, we'll start this episode looking off at some guys that I saw that were available in a majority of leagues, and whether or not these are some guys that you might want to pick up and... Uh, throw onto your team there. So we're going to start off with Michael Gallup because I left out the number for Devin Duvernay. So let's start with Michael Gallup, who is only rostered in forty in just under forty one percent of ESPN leagues, meaning he's available in fifty nine percent of ESPN leagues. Is he somebody people should be looking to add to their roster? Yeah, absolutely. You want to elaborate a little filibuster here for me <laughs> while I pull up Devin Duvernay's yeah. roster percentage? Sure, why not? I, I mean, you just look at the guy who's got opportunity. Um, Dak's back now. Um, he's healthy. Um, CeeDee Lamb hasn't really taken off like some might have thought. Um, Zeke banged up. I mean, the Gallup isn't a prime opportunity to, you know, get, get a, a fair share of targets. And he, working his way back from the injury. We do have the return of Dalton Schultz week. coming up, uh, though, as, as one thing. Um, and something to be wary of. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think he's a bad speculative ad. All right, so thank you for that. Devin Duvernay is rostered in 42.1% of leagues, meaning he's available in just about 48% of ESPN leagues. This is somebody who should definitely be rostered. For sure. With Rashad Bateman out for the foreseeable future. Yeah, then he has one point last week, though. Yeah. I mean, he's the wide receiver one on that team. is uh, clear number two in the pecking order, it looks like. Um, but, yeah, I don't know why he's that low um, rostered. And he's a guy you don't even need to throw on now and start him immediately. I mean, if you need a bye week fill-in, again, he's a guy that, should, like you said, he should be the number one wide receiver on the team. But he's also, like, as he kind of moves into that role, like you said in the last episode with Juju Smith-Schuster, sometimes it takes a while to build chemistry. I mean, he's been on the team for a while, but to kind of transition into that wide receiver one role and become the rel- more reliable target maybe takes a little time. But, again, he should see enough volume where he should be fantasy, you know, fantasy usable for the... Next couple of weeks here. Yeah, for sure. All right, and then we're going to look at your guy of the Tennessee Titans, Traylon Burks. He's only rostered in 25.1% of leagues. He could have been put on IRs, but obviously he was dropped or not rostered in leagues. Yeah, He's, uh, that's fair. I mean, yeah, you can always get him back later, which I think he's a fair ad. Um, you're looking for a guy who's got opportunity. The Titans wide receivers haven't done anything. Um, granted, their whole passing offense has been – Quite abysmal in a hole, but you look at these. There's opportunity for him to take off there. And I believe I heard earlier something about like the league average and as far as separation for wide receivers. I don't remember what it is off the top of my head. I feel like it was two point nine or three point nine yards. Uh, I can't remember. But the important thing was that 
of the Titans' pass catchers, the only one who was averaging that in every game was Traylon Burks. So he was the only one on the team who was averaging or above the average in yards per separation. Okay. And all the other wide receiver Titans, or all the other Titans on the wide receiver didn't even, you know, come close to that, essentially. So that was kind of why I had him on there. It just seems like he would be the most effective pass-catching option when available. He's just been on IR, but I believe he's been activated, and I think he might be ready to go for this weekend. I'm not entirely sure about that at the moment. Uh, moving on, we got Rashad White of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only rostered in 23.6% of leagues. That is bizarre. I mean, it seems like we're hearing a lot of rumblings about what's going on with the running back situation there in, in Tampa Bay, right? Yeah, Leonard Fournette's been frustrated about his usage. Um, Rashad White's been clearly getting more involved as the season goes on, and he's been more effective. Fournette's yards per rush is way down. Yeah, like 2.7 something. Yeah, 2.8 maybe. Yeah. I think he might be, I think I heard earlier, he was either worst or second worst in the NFL as far as uh, yards per carry with, like, minimum, you know, 25 attempts or something like that. I mean, their offensive line's not doing him any favors, but Rashad White's able to find some lanes. Uh, Is he getting, is Fournette getting the Jonathan Taylor treatment where he just gets HB dive straight up the middle? To loaded boxes. Yeah, Yeah. nothing else. That could be the case, too. Mm -hmm. But... Rashad White should be owned in way more than 23 24% of leagues. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely, especially if you have, like, especially because if you have Fournette. Leonard Fournette, if something happens, Rashad White is clearly the guy who's going to step in and fill into that role. I don't. Is that ESPN leagues, you said? Yes. Yeah, guy. yeah. he's rostered in 55% of sleeper leagues. Yeah, sleeper's got more dynasty leagues, yeah. I would imagine. That's You're probably right. Yeah. And then, so, yeah, so we've got Rashad White. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they are taking on Seattle in the London game this upcoming week. What are we doing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers players? Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you still got to start them because of who they are, the volume they get, and it's just one of those things, again, where I think Chris Godwin isn't scoring touchdowns. Mike Evans has dropped quite a few passes lately, which is uncharacteristic. Maybe it was due to that rib injury that he had, but I think he was dropping balls even before that. Godwin's so. got to get in the end zone here eventually. I mean, it's not – it's very unlike him. He was a touchdown scorer before the injury. I mean, he's eventually going to – he's going to get in and he's going to get back to it. They're just not scoring touchdowns in general, though, in Tampa Bay. And, like – He's going to find his way into the end zone. The end of that game last week, like a lot of people were talking about, I was like, oh, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers like figured it out and got their offense rolling. I was like, figured what out? They completed like a long pass to Kate Otten, the rookie tight end, and a pass to, a long pass to Scotty Miller. Like, I don't know that their offense necessarily came together and they've all of a sudden figured everything out. You know who I didn't see on that last drive anywhere? I didn't see Mike Evans or Chris Godwin mentioned anywhere in those last plays on that last drive they're getting. So you can't tell me this offense came together and figured it out and they're going to move forward with Kate Otten and Scotty Miller as, you know, the centerpieces of their offense. Like, I just, I, like everyone's like, oh, they could turn it around after what they did last week at the end with that comeback. And, like, people picking them to win this game over Seattle. I'm just like, I don't know about that at this point. You know what I mean? Like That line's a little shady. Tampa yeah. Bay's three-point favorites. And Seattle has a surprisingly good defense. They, they pick some good guys as far as rookie goes. Yeah. Are they way off, or do they know something? What, Seattle? No, Vegas. Vegas. Vegas? That line, Tampa Bay minus three. Is that the line, Tampa Bay minus three? Yeah, that seems fair. Do they know something, or are they way off? Well, it's technically Tampa Bay is the home team in in, uh, Germany. But from everything I've been hearing, though, it seems like a lot of 
Germans are fans of the Seattle Seahawks because when NFL games were being broadcast like freely internationally, like on cable and all that, and they could see them, it was back in like the early two, 2010s, right around the time that Russell Wilson and Legion of Boom were there, and Seattle was just constantly a good team, and they won the Super Bowl in that okay. year and all, and during that time frame. So, a lot of the Germans when they were watching football were typically seeing the Seattle Seahawks. So, there's a huge following for the Seattle Seahawks over there in Germany, apparently. So. It's a question of whether or not Tampa Bay actually has a home game to begin with because they're in Germany, but then if the crowd is mostly going to be Seahawks fan, it's even like... It's like a road game, yeah. You know what I mean? So, I don't, that yeah, that's an interesting line with all that aspect. Sure. Flip over to the Seahawks side of that game. I think you're starting everybody except the tight ends on that side, right? Geno yeah. Smith, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Runner. Kenneth Runner. <laughs> Kenneth Runner. <laughs> and then, uh, you know... Noah Fan, I guess, is their tight end one over there. I don't know how confident you are in starting him. I have to start him in our Dynasty League because I don't have any other options. Uh, but, yeah, so as far as redraft goes, those are the guys you're starting on each side there. Any long-term concerns for any of those guys as far as, like, Dynasty is looking? Obviously, Seattle's not so much with, you know... I think it's good that it showed that DK and Tyler Lockett have survived, you know, with or not, so I guess survived isn't the right word, have still thrived. Yeah, we we were under center. Uh, I think everybody's worried about it. Yeah. 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 yeah, so that's, like, long-term, that better for DK Metcalf, because obviously Tyler Lockett's an older player, but, so, what about flip side of Tampa Bay? Are you worried long-term about, like, how much longer do we think Mike Evans is going to continue to play, or play at the level that he was playing at prior to this year? And what about, you know, Chris Godwin and his return from injury? What's going on? Like, what's going on with the Tampa Bay offense moving forward? Do we think Tom's back? Like, what do you... I'm more worried about Evans than I do Godwin. Godwin's still working back from the injury. He's a little bit younger um, going forward. I don't know. Mike Evans looks like he may be slowing down a little bit. Not speed-wise, just, like, productivity-wise. No hands. No hands. All right. So... Other than that, uh, another guy that I was surprised isn't isn't added in more leagues would be Donovan Peoples-Jones. He's only rostered in 17.8% of leagues. So I know it's not like necessarily a flashy name or anything, but he has been putting up like 10, 11, 12 fantasy points the last few weeks. So if you need a yeah. bi-week fill-in, and remember, Deshaun Watson's coming back. So if he's doing this right now with Jacoby Brissett and he's actually secured a role in that offense and they're going to throw and Deshaun Watson comes in, does that 10, 11 points a week maybe go to 13, 14? He's actually a usable, you know, solid flex play for you going forward. So he's somebody I'd be looking to pick up and stash because I feel like there's upside to him moving forward with, you know, Deshaun Watson coming back to play. Yeah. As opposed to some of the other guys who've been doing what they've been doing all season, but like, look, you know, now like somebody like Alec Pierce is somebody that I would drop instead and pick up, you know, Donovan Peoples Jones because with the quarterback change, it just doesn't seem like there's going to be any sort of a higher ceiling for Alec Pierce and just going to be a guy that might get you, you know, 11 points a week, but then could also get you four points a week, and it's not really worth keeping around. I don't think he can do much more with the way the Colts are playing this season. Yeah. So He's been a real 10-point Timmy uh, this year, DPJ. He's been steady. Yeah. yeah. But again, if some people are on buys and, you know, you got four teams on a buy this week, some teams on buys next week, if you need someone to fill in, it's better to get, know you're going to get 
10, 11 points, then put somebody in that's going to get you, like a Romeo Dobbs could end up putting a goose egg for you. I yeah. know he's hurting out, but he's just an example, whereas somebody who had like 16 points one week and then comes back and puts up a donut on you. So, uh, Moving on, we're going to go back to some looking at some more of these guys that we we're considering roster cloggers. So we're going to pick up where we left off. Last episode, and we are going to look over at Brandon Cooks, rostered in 86.9% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Hasn't played well at any point this season so far, and seems to be upset about being on the team in general at this point. I'm (laughs) very surprised that he's still rostered in as many leagues as he's rostered in. Yeah, I'm confused by that, too. If I had him, I'd cut him by now. Yeah, I, I I have him and I almost caught him, but uh, I used to hold him. Uh, I mean, I'm, I I still got him. I mean, I don't need to cut him. So, of yeah. the guys that I was talking about earlier that I was looking at potentially adding, would you drop him for Devin Duvernay? Uh no, I don't think so. You. I don't know. Probably not. Maybe I don't know. Like I think you should. I think you should. But. Uh, I mean, Duvernay, like he, I like Duvernay as a real life football player like a lot. I think I talk to you guys about that a lot. But for fantasy wise, he's just so mid. Um, he's, he's been a lot. He's been used as a gadget player a lot. Yeah, I mean, he has his games for sure. But I mean, it's he also has games where he has like two points. But, I mean, not not really. He has you know, yeah, he. Has, he, he 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 has had a pretty good season. Yeah, I'd rather have. Yeah, I guess I'd rather have Duvernay than Cooks probably. Cooks, if he, I just what's gonna happen? I don't know when he's playing football again. Is the concern, I guess. What about you, Rich? Where do you come down on this? See you struggling over there. I think I'm gonna take Cooks instead of Duvernay. Just look at he. So it, when he plays, he'll be the number one option. I just I don't see Duvernay ever being that. Mark Andrews is that guy. Right. Yeah. All right. So as of this moment, Brandon Cooks is wide receiver forty nine on the season. He's mm-hmm. averaging ten and a half points per game. Yeah, it's been bad. Okay. Devin Duvernay is wide receiver thirty six on the season, averaging ten point three points per game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was playing. That was with Rashad Bateman in and out of the lineups when he was there. Yeah, so I just don't see that Bateman being out gives Duvernay a lot more upside, just because like I think there's I don't think he really changes his role as much. Maybe it does. Maybe he does get some more traditional passing options. But I mean, like dude, he doesn't have that many targets in the last three weeks. He has a total of seven targets in the air. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's not great. <laughs> it's with Mark Andrews out last week, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, what happened in that game last week? It was a weird one. They were playing New Orleans, right? Yep. I don't remember a whole lot about it. Yeah, they jumped out on them, and then, you know, they kind of took their foot off the gas and cruised. Yeah, it's not like Bateman just went out. Bateman hasn't played since week five consistently, and he played in week seven, and... Then he was playing week eight, but he only got he was only in for right, and that's the week I believe Duvernay went off. But Duvernay yeah. also went off earlier at the beginning of the season with Bateman there. Yep, he was just getting like at one point he was getting more targets than him. So uh, Lamar Jackson attempted twenty two passes and only completed twelve of them in that game against the Saints. So yeah, 
I mean, that's the real issue with Duvernay is the fact that they don't pass a lot. I think his volume will. I think his target share will increase with Rashad Bateman out. It's just a matter of how much are they actually going to throw the ball. Yeah, it's it comes down to I'd rather have Cooks if he's playing, for sure. But is he going to play football? Like, who knows? Yeah, and again, just one of those things. It's ten point five versus ten point three points averaging. Yeah, all those games, and just like I don't know what's going to help Brandon Cooks. You know what I mean? Where like at least Duvernay can be like, well, Bateman's gone, so maybe he gets some extra target share. It's like, what am I holding on to with Cooks? Like, what's going to push Cooks up this season? That's you know what's going to change now that he's back. That was a you know was there in the first half of the season. Like, did they lose a pass catcher I'm not aware of? Are they going to start throwing the ball 50 times a game for some reason? Or are they just going to keep handing the ball off to Damian Pierce? You know what I mean? So, it's the only thing they're good at doing. <sighs> so, I don't know. I just one of those things where I think if it's more likely the Ravens could get into a higher-scoring game and that could lead to some more volume for DuVernay as opposed to the Texans getting into a high-scoring game because the offense overall is just more functional with the Ravens. And then on the flip side of that, the Houston Texans are playing the New York Giants. Uh, you're starting Saquon Barkley. Anybody else? Daniel Jones. Yeah, yep. Daniel Jones. No, I'm yes. sorry, Daniel Jones. <laughs> Quarterback position's a mess this year, so I don't know if I call him a lock, but if you have to, again, you could do worse. I think he at least has a safer floor than most other quarterbacks this season. has been his kind of thing, kind of like Kirk Cousins, where I don't know that he's had many like single-digit fantasy point games. I think he had one. I think yeah. it's like the last time I said that he had a safe floor. He went and had like a seven or eight point game. But other than that, he's been pretty solid. All right. Moving right along then, we are going to look over next. Darnell Mooney, rostered in 78.2% of ESPN leagues. That surprise you at all? Are you okay with that? I just, I was, I've been out on Mooney for a while. So, like, yeah. I was out on him in the preseason. But with the rise of Justin Fields. I figured that would be, you know, maybe high 50s, low 60s. But I, 78% is kind of surprising. I mean, maybe some people are holding out hope, but, like, the emergence of Fields a bit here. He's been playing pretty well the last few weeks. So they're thinking maybe that translates to, you know, stocks up for Mooney. But, I don't know. I don't know if I'm buying it. So, I guess the thing is, when we're sitting here, we're like, oh, like, you know, the offense is coming on, and he's played well these past few weeks. So, here is the last four finishes. Wide receiver 26, wide receiver 50. I was talking about fields. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. but that's why I mean, people are saying with fields and the offense yeah. coming on, maybe Mooney's going to be like, so the offense has been coming on, and this is where he's finished at, is wide receiver 26, wide receiver 50, wide receiver 35, and then wide receiver 13 last week. So it's just like, you know, I don't, it's yeah. just, I, I feel like everyone's talking about like he's been playing really well the past few weeks, and it's like he's been startable for one week, and the other one's like, you know, he's a borderline flex play, and one of them, the other one is like a wide receiver four. Like, what are we? Yeah, what are we talking about? Like, I, I don't know. I felt like the hype was a little high, and I still haven't, especially because at the beginning of the season, he wasn't giving you anything. I mean, one point eight, zero point six, four point three is Allen Robinson from last year. Like, so I was surprised that people held on to him for that long, and that he's still on that many teams. With like, I just at this point, I would have thought you would have dropped him for. Somebody else, you, you know, know. Maybe he was dropped and then picked up. Yeah, he was definitely, yeah. Dropped and picked definitely up. could have been. Because of how he did last week and the yeah, hype. Two weeks, I mean, yeah. I mean, anytime some guy has uh, a game with a, he's got, you know, people know who he is. And uh, what is it called? You have a good week, then you're going to be added, you know. 
And a lot of people were probably talking about the Bears-Dolphins game because of how high scoring it was. But again, look at that. It was a 35-32 to 32 game. He had eight targets. He caught seven of them for 43 yards, and he happened to score a touchdown. But, like, you take the touchdown away, he had seven catches for 43 yards. He had 11 points for you. So this is a guy where, like, I, again, I think I might have been off at this point and probably would have picked up somebody else to, you know, maybe a Michael Gallup or Devin DuVernay over Darnell Mooney, as crazy as it might sound. But, like, again, I'm looking for guys that might have more upside. And at this point, I think I'm – I. It's an emotional thing, I guess, almost with Mooney, where, like, I'd just be kind of sick of this production because I've seen this before, and it's like, you know, even when the offense put up 32 points, he's lucky he got a touchdown to save his fantasy day. Yeah, yeah, so, question then. Yeah. Like, seeing the next guy on our list there, um, Drake London. Who are you taking, Mooney or Drake London? <sighs> this is such a ridiculous question, because they both have been so disappointing. At least London's a London had a that, that stretch in the beginning, and then Mariota is just, I don't know what happened the past few weeks. Um, <laughs> they decided to just, they were just going to run the ball, and it was working for them for games. So, like, you know, Drake London caught a touchdown in this Thursday night game that just passed. So, he had a decent fantasy showing this week, but. He's having a good rookie season. Yeah. But, again, most of that was, like, in the first couple games of the season. He hasn't done much since then. Yeah. I don't know. That offense is a mess as far as redraft goes. I mean, you have worse options. (laughs) So, I mean, Mariota attempted 30 passes, so it's still not like they threw a whole bunch. He had six targets. I mean, again, so kind of the same thing. He had five catches for 38 yards and a touchdown. So, like, if he doesn't get that touchdown, you're kind of, you know, you're kind of burnt. So. Uh, they're both kind of in that very similar position. I I guess I would say between the two of them, I probably go Mooney because again, if I'm looking for something, some reason for upside, I think it's more likely that the Bears get Mooney more involved in the passing game than the Falcons shift their whole offensive philosophy to go start passing more, you know what I mean? So, like, I can tell myself that the Bears' offense looks like it's changing and it's evolving and they're using Justin Fields in a different way and maybe that'll get him, you know, more comfortable and therefore lead to more production in the passing game, whereas, like, I just I don't see anything with the Falcons, after, especially after what I saw from Mariota on Thursday night, that makes me think, like, oh, they're going to really open up this passing game soon and start chucking the ball all over the place. Like, I don't see that happening. Mariota looks like he looks like he's doing his best Carson Wentz impersonation out there. <laughs> he's done a great job, but that's what he's trying to do. Yeah, so... Uh... Chicago is playing Detroit this week, so it is a good matchup. The Detroit Lions cannot stop anybody. You start anybody else from the Chicago? Obviously, we're starting Justin Fields from Chicago Bears. I hope you were able to pick him up on waiver wires. What about David Montgomery, Cole Komet? Interested in starting either of them? Um, if you're feeling lucky uh, and want a dart throw, I mean, Cole Komet, you could do worse at tight end. Yeah. I'm starting David Montgomery in a league where I need him to fill in. I've got Joe Mixon on a bye, so, you know, I've got Nick Chubb and David Montgomery rolling out at running back this week. I'm hoping that, again, with the Detroit Lions being the Detroit Lions, that maybe Montgomery falls into the end zone. Uh, that being said, Killer Herbert's been the more effective back there, so that's what muddies up that position. Yeah, he and looks then, good, too. Like, yeah. And then Detroit side of the ball, 
Real slim at pass catchers. Uh, DJ Chark's on IR. Josh Reynolds is missing this game, if I'm not mistaken. And then what's the deal with Khalif Raymond? Is he healthy at the moment? I mean, if he is, are you starting him? No, but I'm just saying there's he not... He healthy, yeah. Okay, so it's mm-hmm. Amon Ross St. Brown... Khalif Raymond, and then your running backs. They're your options because, uh, you know, I don't think we're starting Brock Wright at tight end. So, no. uh, the target tree seems like it's going to be real narrow. So, I'm on Ross St. Brown. Fire him up in daily fantasy. I know he's been kind of disappointing lately, but, you know, maybe with maybe with the Andre Swift back and they get him a little more involved, the offense is a little more productive, even though it's still kind of like a 50-40 or a 60-40 split with Jamal Williams. Just, uh, a little more production overall in the offense. Yeah, I mean, but, if the, if they ever decide to uh, use Swift some more, you hope it would be this game. They're a little short-handed. <laughs> yeah, so that if you had to choose, would you start Jamal Williams or DeAndre Swift? <laughs> um, if this season has taught me anything, it's that you should start Jamal Williams. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. So, yeah, so we would start Jamal Williams over DeAndre Swift. If you have DeAndre Swift, are you starting him? Probably. Yeah, you probably have to. I'm not sure you have any better options. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Just try to. He's he's a threat to take one 75 yards for a touchdown anytime he touches the ball. Yeah. Yep, and like we said, even with the limited work last, like he played 10 snaps last week, he had eight points in fantasy. So, you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. If they just up that a little bit, if they double that, does that lead me to 15, 16 fantasy points out of DeAndre Swift? Because yeah, right. I'll, I'll take that out of my RB2 spot at this point. All right. And then the Falcons are already played Carolina, so we don't really need to get into any of that. It's very disappointing there, unless for some reason you start at LaVisca Chenault, which yeah, I hope you weren't starting LaVisca Chenault. So. That train has died. I don't know. They, they keep giving him some work. He pops oh up every day. He just takes these end arounds for like 60 yard touchdowns every so often, but like you never know when that's going to come. Yeah. So they also don't have anything else there at the moment. So they, that's something that could be replaced shortly with, you know, draft picks or whatever. Uh, next player on the list is Allen Robinson, rostered in 63.1% Why? of leagues. Why? It should be like 20. Why? I've been saying for weeks. For weeks. Why is he still on rosters? Why are people still starting Allen Robinson? I don't have a whole lot of options in our <laughs> dynasty league because we've got to play like five wide receivers in that one. Oh, man. Uh, so, again, I'll take the five points per week. Or I'm sorry, he's having 7.7 points per week. Yeah, I'll take that yeah. in my opponent's lineups too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's got to play him. I mean, what am I going to do, man? I got some people on buys and stuff. And, yeah, you got to do it. You know, a bunch of young guys that didn't work out. I should have started LaVisca Shimoto over him, though, is what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, but uh, was I really supposed to make that call? That's <laughs> a tough one, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but in redraft leagues, 63.1%. I just, I don't. So, again, going back, would you rather have Devin Duvernay or Allen Robinson? Devin Duvernay. Devin Duvernay. Michael Gallup or Allen Robinson? Michael Gallup. Gallup. Traylon Burks or Allen Robinson? Traylon Burks. Yep. Rashad White or Allen Robinson? Rashad White. Donovan Peoples-Jones or Allen Robinson? Donovan Peoples-Jones. Okay, so uh, you take every single one of the guys we talk about that. And Brandon Cooks. Throw him on there, so (laughs) give me them all. All right. Every last one of them. So, there you go. 
yeah, I think I agree as well. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I'm not using Al Robinson in a redraft league, so I luckily didn't invest him in any of those. Only have him in the dynasty because I kind of trust him back to back top ten performances. But what are you gonna do? The Los Angeles Rams. Oh, and then on top of that, well, hang on. But if Stafford doesn't play, is there a chance that the new quarterback actually throws the football to Allen Robinson? I mean, maybe like a one or two percent chance. <laughs> He's probably gonna throw to somebody else. Two two Cooper Cup. Two two out. Two two out. Well. 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 Come out of nowhere. And two just two like, well. a, like a seven catch for like ninety yard game. No, no. no he's not gonna be on the field because it's Van. It'll be Van Jefferson. That, that's probably yeah. I forgot yeah, because he's on my bench too. So I forgot about Van. He'll pop off with a big touchdown this game. We'll see. It'll be like a catch you know, a sixty yarder. Yeah, sixty four yard touchdown catch for Van Jefferson. But I'm I can't throw him in my lineup. Should I start Van Jefferson over Allen Robinson? Something to consider. Something to consider. Something to consider. Yeah. So, projections say no. Target share the past few weeks say no. So, But in our hearts, we say yes. <laughs> yeah, in our hearts, we know it's going to happen just to twist well, the knife. Can't wait, can't wait to see that, how yeah. that plays out. We, we, I, we already know how it's going to play out. But if, if I switch it, Van Jefferson won't do anything. That's the thing. If I switch it, it won't Allen happen. Yeah. It catches like the one-yard touchdown. Yep. Yeah, that is exactly yeah. what will happen. He'll have three catches for five yards and a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and if I start him, he'll just have the three catches for about 27 yards, and Van Jefferson will go off on the bench, and that's what will happen. Uh, so I think we're only starting Cooper Cup from the Rams, yes? Are we starting Tyler Higby still? No. no, if you want to, I mean, go ahead. Are you starting a running back from the Rams? No, but you should probably be adding Kyron Williams if he's available. Oh, he was another guy. I guess I didn't put him on that list. Silly me. And yeah, I'll take Kyron Williams over Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Rich will take anybody over Allen Robinson. Rich will add Antonio Brown over Allen Robinson. No, I can't no. bring that. I can't bring that type of energy on my team. Uh, OBJ over Allen Robinson? Yeah. 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 A lot of upside there. We don't know where he goes. Uh-huh. All right. And then on the flip side of that, the Arizona Cardinals. We've got Kyler Murray questionable, so have backup plan. But if he if he plays, are you playing Kyler Murray? I think you have to. Okay. And then we've got DeAndre Hopkins. You're starting Rondell Moore? Yep, yeah, Lex. probably. In the, in the, yeah, All right, I can see. see. And then what are we doing about running back position with James Conner now back in the fold? James Conner is another guy that I was looking at. He is rostered in 93% of fantasy leagues. And that makes sense. Uh, yeah, does it? I mean, the, one, you probably drafted him pretty high. Two, RB with the guys who have gotten hurt already. You've lost a few guys. Um, it makes sense that you'd hold on to a guy like James Robinson in hopes that he's going to come back and do something, even though he's he's been quite ineffective. He's currently RB43. He's averaging 10.3 fantasy points per week. So he's getting you what Devin DuVernay is going to get you, except Devin DuVernay actually played every game for you. Uh, he has not scored a touchdown since week one against the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. And part of what his value was last year was the fact oh, that he had scored like 15, 16 touchdowns, something like touchdowns, that. Man. They, said touchdown regression. They said, nah, that offense is great. He'll score a ton of touchdowns again. He's definitely worth a third-round pick, second-round pick. Just like, ha, I laugh at you. <laughs> so, full. 
I just it's one of those things where again I think with him missing the three games and underperforming before that, like he has so he's played in six games. He has had three games where he's had eight he's had belief he's had three games where he's had eight or fewer fantasy points and then three games above ten fantasy points. But like ten point seven, eleven point four and his best game of the season week one, sixteen point five when he got that touchdown. So like I don't know, this is almost like Devin Singletary area with James Conner, which is why I'm just surprised it's like 93% of leagues he's rostered in where I feel like, you know, in like, you know, again, this is across all ESPN leagues, like an 18 team, in an 18 league, there's no reason that he should be rostered. You should have enough depth where you probably have somebody else over him. I guess he's just like, so, as, I, again, like, are you confidently starting James Conner in your lineup as like an RB1 or, an, I mean, obviously not an RB1, but like an RB2, or is he like a nervous, like... I, mean, I feel like you're, if you have him, you, you probably have to. I mean, we'll take a look here. Like, what have you been doing the past three weeks before that, you know what I mean? So, and he also just makes me nervous, so you look further down the season, you know, if you do that thing where you're looking forward towards the future with the fantasy playoffs, uh, week 14, so the week before the fantasy playoffs, so, you're fu- so he's on a bye in week 13, so if you need help getting in, he's not helping you that week. Then they come out and they play New England, then they're at Denver, then Tampa Bay, and then week 17 they would play Atlanta, so that would be a plus matchup, but like, he's got a bye and then three tough matchups in a row leading up up and through the fantasy playoffs up to the final matchup, and he's thus far been ineffective this season. So, so what I'm hearing is if James Conner's on your waiver wire and you're a contender with some space on your bench, you should pick him up for that championship week. <laughs> yeah, hold him for that long. Hold him and watch him go off he's on not, the Falcons. He's not on your waiver wire. He's rostered in 93% of leagues. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if you're in the 7% of leagues, he's available. <laughs> I'd be trying to trade him to somebody who's looking for See? upside. That's what I'd be doing. Somebody believes that he's going to come back and be what he used to be and be like, you know, try to sell that. Well, now that DeAndre Hopkins is back. He's opening up the offense. And now that he's healthy, you know, and now they figured out how to use Rondell Moore. It'll, yeah, like you said, it'll open things up and it'll be more effective. So, and then the next guy we're going to talk about, Robert Woods. We found the one guy I won't take over Allen Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Rostered in 51.7% of leagues is Robert Woods. Uh, why? It's kind of the same question I think that, you know, I just... What has he done that's warranted him still being on your team? Like, what are what are we holding on to with Robert Woods? Did I miss a week where, like, he went off and was really good, or... I don't know, maybe just like having a guy with the nickname Bobby Trees on their team. <laughs> it could be, could be. Respect for a veteran. Like. I mean, yeah, these guys, like, that's the thing. Is like you see, like, this guy's, he's a veteran. He's been around forever. Like, he's been good. You know, I, they have name power behind them. People won't drop them as readily as they'll drop some second-year guy that has the exact same numbers. So they'll be okay with dropping him, but not Bobby Trees. Yeah, if uh, George Pickens is available, you definitely drop Robert Woods to pick up George Pickens. I don't know what you guys are doing out there. Uh, um, dare I say, you drop Robert Woods to pick up Traylon Burks? Uh, of the two pass catchers, if I was going to roster a Titans wide receiver, I'd roster Traylon Burks over Robert Woods. I'd, again, I don't know what anyone's holding on to here. He's had a game of 12.5 points and 13 points. And everything else was beneath eight fantasy points. I don't know what we're doing. He hasn't finished in, his best finish was wide receiver twenty-seven. Everything outside of that was wide receiver forty-one or later. Like, what are you, 
What are you using him for? His last three games, four targets, two targets, two targets. What are, what are we hoping for? What do we think is going to change? More targets. Are we thinking that, like, Tannehill is going to come back and that's going to change everything? Because All of a sudden they're going to start throwing the ball 35 yeah. times? Started off the season, two targets, five targets, nine targets, four targets. Like, what are we – what it's it. – <laughs> He's averaging about five targets a game. I don't think that's going to change all of a sudden when Tannehill comes back. to be better than the three targets per game he's averaging with Malik Willis out there. But, like, again, I just – and we talked about the separation thing earlier, too, with it. So that's why I prefer Traylon Burks over Robert Woods. I just think he's the better – he's just the better player on the field at the moment. And that's sad because I don't know that he's necessarily a particularly effective player at this point in time. I mean, he's injured at the moment, so he's not. But even when he was out there before that, I wasn't big on him. Uh, so, yeah, so the Tennessee Titans, are we starting anyone besides Derrick Henry? No. All right, easy enough. Flip side of that, they are playing the Denver Broncos. So uh, I wouldn't play any pass catcher against the Denver Broncos on the Titans anyway. Even like I said, I would take Burks over Woods. I wouldn't play either of them against Denver if I had them. So I wouldn't play either of them, period, at this point. But I would stash Burks more than I'd be stashing Robert Woods was mainly the point. That was the whole point. Let's get back to that. Is that what, what are we doing with these roster clockers? Robert Woods should be dropped, and Traylon Burks should be held on to for some upside, possibly. And then in Denver... What are we doing with the wide receivers there? Seems to have flip-flopped. Yeah, I mean, with the bye week, you're in some tough situations. Um, I think I have to fire Sutton up. KJ um, Hamler is out. so it's nice. But, and you're, narrows you're, the target. You're getting bit. a nice matchup. I mean, Tennessee can be passed on. Yeah, the question is, is this going to be a 3-9 to nine game? Where, but <laughs> the problem with Denver is, That's like, wrong. how does Denver maintain a run game? You know what I mean? Or is this just going to be, like, a 3-and-out punt fest the entire could time be, from yeah. Denver? And, you know, could be, this could be the game that finally Russ cooks. Dare we say it? So, I think uh, you're yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think it's a game where Russ just all of a sudden starts cooking. No, why would I think that? Fresh off the bye week, they get some things ironed out. And here they go. They get a... A plus matchup? I hope so, man. As somebody who's big on Jerry Judy, I really, really hope so. Because I have to throw him out there in the lineup again. So, but that's, uh, I guess that's kind of what it comes to. Is the decision, if you had to choose one or the other between Judy and Sutton for this week, which one would you choose? Sutton. You know the answer to that question. (laughs) The only way that this will ever work is if the Sutton and the Judy owners can come together in harmony and all at one time say say Russ Cooks and we no. both go off uh, all say together that's right I mean I've that's been right. rooting that yeah. forever but uh <laughs> target share and volume and big play potential tells me that I'd start Jerry Judy over Cortland Sutton uh past couple games eight targets for for Jerry Judy eight seven eleven seven so he's getting enough volume to give him a decent floor it's not leading to a huge level of production and again I'm not like rushing to get Jerry Jr. in my lineup. This is if I have to choose between the two of them. So, uh, again, I, most other leagues, I'm not using Jerry Judy. He maybe He's a flex play for me in a one league where I need him to fill in because, again, I was hit hard with some bye weeks this week in that one. Uh, I think that's the same one where I have Joe Mixon and T. Higgins, and so I've got to start some guys I wish I didn't want to start. Uh, but, yeah, so Greg Dulcich. Your tight end? Yeah, I actually I'm starting him this week in a league. Yeah, I picked him up and doing the same. So he's a solid 
tight end play at this yeah. point. Mark, Mark Andrews on the bye, I needed a guy. Yeah, I got him for my stream. I streamed him the one weekend. He had a solid week, like, so I was kind of... He didn't have, like, a great fantasy week or anything, but he it's like 10 good. points, and it's like, yeah. what else can you ask from a tight end? Yeah, but I've, I have Goddard in that league, and he's already had his bye, so I grabbed Dolph's league back yeah. to... I mean, I, I just say, he's already play. Yeah, he's already yeah. play. Uh... And uh, but I'm like, man, well, it's, uh, somebody keep your eye on for next year. That's one of those things where maybe you should have held on to him just to spite another team. They should have tried to trade <laughs> so him, they but, have him. But, you know, I had Brandon Cook's roster clogging me over there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Uh, where were we at there? So, where did the Blah, 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 blah. Moving on to Zico Elliott, rostered in 92.8% of leagues. This was more just like a general discussion about, like, what are we doing with Zeke moving forward? I guess more of a dynasty perspective on this one. I mean, If you have him redraft, I imagine you have to start him when he's health, or when he's playing, right? Yeah, I mean, the, every, all indications are that he's going to be the guy when healthy. So, like, why? Why? They just want to give Zeke the ball and him to be the guy. But... He's not good. This Jerry Jones man. picked him fourth <laughs> overall, and by God, Jerry Jones will be right. You Zeke will be ran into the ground who, because who, Jerry Jones will not be wrong about how he should have picked Zeke four overall. Who do you uh, fire up this week if you have both guys, uh, Zeke or Pollard? Who do you fire up? It's uh, a tough question. Probably uh, both, if you if possible. <laughs> That's that's asking for double pain. Yeah, double pain. Why not? If you have Zeke and Pollard, you deserve double pain. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, I'm just kidding. That's a a shot of the producer, Mike. You guys both. Yeah. Um, Nah, you're probably going to play Zeke if Zeke's healthy. Yeah, that's... Uh, If I'm choosing between the two, I'd choose Pollard. I mean, uh, they keep giving Zeke volume in the run game. Uh, They're not particularly effective, and he's not involved in the passing game anymore. I mean, targets... For the season, two, two, one, two, zero, one, zero. Yeah, can't do much. So he becomes a touchdown dependent running yeah, back. Whereas, like, I feel like Tony Pollard at least is being involved in the passing game, and he's more explosive. So, like, yeah. I there's a better chance for him to get points from the passing game. There's a better chance that he breaks off a big play and gets some points for me. So I just think that there's just a better, uh, much more of a higher ceiling with Tony Pollard. And I'd rather throw him out there. Than Zeke and uh, yeah, that 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 would be what I would do. Uh, I don't invest in Cowboys players typically as an Eagles fan. I try to avoid it as much as possible. So I don't have that issue, but other people do. And there is plenty of people out there that would have Zeke and Tony Pollard in case something did happen to yeah. one of them, and Tony Pollard would take over and. Perfect example of why it should have happened. And again, we don't even know if Zeke is playing this week. That's the other thing. He's banged up. So, like, how, you know, for the start of the season, he wasn't effective to begin with. Now, if he's coming back and he, like, you know, he's playing and even, you know, like 80% of Zeke, like, it already seemed like Zeke was playing at like 80 to 75% of himself at the start of the season. So now if he's injured and that's down to like 60% of what Zeke was, you know, a few years ago, like, I just, you know, I'd rather take the upside with Pollard. Any disagreements or I mean, not something completely different? All right, yeah. the TV in the background. I'm sorry, <laughs> Just a little distracted here. Uh, what about the rest of the Cowboys? Then starting Dak, right? Yeah, you're gonna start Dak. You're gonna start CD Lamb. Um, 
Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup are the other two players you'd be looking at? Yeah, matchup base flex, I think, for for um, Gallup. And you're probably playing Schultz. I don't know you have much better options at the tight end position. He missed a few weeks. Schultz so is being slept on this year for, for no reason. He missed a bunch of time with I, injuries. I know, but people are not respecting him when he, come, when he comes back, though, I feel like. Does this have anything to do with the non-trade in our dynasty league? No, I'm just saying that if you look at if you look at his, uh, he he was wide he was tight end three last year, and he's missed a bunch of time this year, and he had 13 points in the first game and in the last two games that he's played, he's had nine and 13. But he hasn't had good games in there in between. But he got hurt, and then he tried to come back, and he obviously wasn't ready to come back. They put him back. They took him back out, and then. Now he's going to play again, and he's, you know, getting points. I'm not saying he's going to be some game-breaker, but, uh, I I mean, he, he has a potential to come back and be a high-end tight end, you know. I was just seeing if you're going to take the bait on talking about the trade or not no, trading the dynasty. No, we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day. It's been a whole shenanigans. Question about the veto system in this league. Yeah. But uh, flip side of that, Green Bay Packers. Uh, I guess Aaron Jones, if he plays. If Aaron Jones doesn't play, you can fire up A.J. Dillon confidently, I think. Yeah. Uh, if Aaron Jones does play, you are firing him up less confidently, and you're not firing up anybody else, right? No. Never. No, I mean, maybe you. Think this is the week Aaron Rodgers breaks out of the funk? No. No? Why not? <laughs> uh, well, Romeo Dobbs is out and hurt. Uh, Alan Lazard is going to play, but he was injured all week coming through that. I'm not even sure if Christian Watson's going to play in this game or not because that seems to be like a 50 50 proposition every week is whether or not Watson is going to be available for the team. I'm very disappointed in, in Christian yeah, Watson. Watson going to play flip a coin? That was a very. Uh, he so is cleared for week 10. Okay, he's cleared right. for concussion protocol and should be available. All right, so you go out there and get you three and a half points. Congratulations. <laughs> uh, I don't... Yeah. So it's it's hard, too, because like part of my disappointment is his inability to stay on the field. With He just seems to keep getting nicked and banged up. And then the other part is my frustration with Aaron Rodgers not wanting to give anybody else on the field a chance other than Alan Lazard. And I think you mentioned it before where like there was... Somebody who reviewed tape or something is like he's just straight up not even looking for other players. He's just waiting to gun it to Lazard because he he, he knows him and that's it. And it's like straight up ignoring other players who are open on the field. So that's that's not how you win football games. So I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is back. Something's got to happen. But Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady are both not going to retire in the same off season. So they got to work this out. Yeah, figure it out. They got to take turns. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the next game Monday night game last game of the week roster clogger I'm looking at is Antonio Gibson who is rostered in 84 just under 85% of ESPN fantasy leagues I was very surprised by that because I felt like is this another situation where he was dropped and then picked back up in a bunch of leagues I feel like when Brian Robinson was coming back there was a lot of hype around Brian Robinson, uh, and then, like, you know, also the call, like, oh, it'll be a three-headed committee, and, you know, where does Antonio Gibbs, like, he was the odd man out in the three-headed committee. So that's why I was a little surprised to see his roster percentage as high as it was. Does it shock you at all? Or? No, not, not too much. Um, just it seems like the Brian Robinson experiment or experience isn't what Ron Rivera thought it might be, and 
to his reluctance, he still has to use Antonio Gibson. Yeah, yeah. I think that has a lot more to do with J.D. McKissick being banged up and missing that the last few too. games. Because that that's, be you know, if I look at it, it's like Gibson's targets, you know, actually he's been getting a fair amount of targets yeah, all season. Targets, but 4-4-7-3 yeah. the past couple of weeks with, you know, McKissick out and missing. But that being said, I mean, it's still like one of those things where, you know, he had a stretch there was nine points, six, you know, just under seven points, eight points. Then he had two good games with 16 and 20 points, but then back to, you know, just under seven fantasy points last week against, you know, Minnesota. And uh, his snap percentage is just kind of all over the place, man. Like, his week one, he played 64% of the snaps, and that was his highest snap count of the, uh, you know, his highest percentage until last week where he had 58% of the snaps, but he only got you 6.7 fantasy points. So, like, I think there's a good chance he could fall in the end zone this weekend on Monday night. Uh, against Philadelphia? Yeah. Yeah, there's a possibility, but... I don't know. I feel After like Brian Eagles, Robinson could be more know, likely to fall in. Just look at look at McKissick's still out. Eagles are probably going to jump on them early, get up, and I could just see Gibson being on the field some more pacing, pacing work, and see him find the lane end zone. Yeah, I think they could. I think a running back could fall in the end zone. I'm just not sure if, if it's going to be. That's, that's kind. Of, that's kind of the issue. You know what I mean? It's like so. Like this is what I mean. He's a roster clock. It's like one of those things where it's like I'm not really confident about starting him, but I kind of have to start him, and I don't really want to drop him either, so, like, what are, you know, what what are, what is our, is he a matchup-based starter at yeah. this point? I mean, yeah, so that's... week fill-in, you know, emergency guy in case of injury. Alright, so that's just kind of what I wanted to clarify. We started getting away from that with some of the players. And that so. Singletary mold, you know, in that similar, yeah. similar vein. You're holding on to him, so you're not dropping. St- he's still going to be clogging your roster, essentially, but, yeah. like, he for a purpose as opposed to just, you know. Being there like Robert Woods or Alan Robinson. Yeah, I, I, he's got name value, so I'm holding on to him just for the name value. So, all right, and then the last guy I was going to look at would be Cream Hunt, who is rostered in 84 and a half, or 84.4% of ESPN Fantasy Leagues. Yeah, that makes sense. This is just like a straight handcuff for Chubb. I think with Cream Hunt. Yeah. I think it makes sense. He hasn't been too productive recently, but if anything were happening to Chubb, you you got a guy. Yeah. Yep. I guess I was just surprised because I felt like, you know, that was a large percentage of leagues to have him in there as a handcuff where, like, you know, that means you didn't draft, like, a third running back in your league anywhere to fill in or you don't have some other handcuff or didn't pick up anybody else who might be available. Like, I don't – I. It, again, it's just surprising with his lack of production. I guess, yeah, the only real reason that he's rostered in such a high percentage of leagues is because he's... Chubb insurance. Chubb insurance, yeah, handcuff insurance, essentially. You know what the ceiling is there with that. But, uh, yeah, so you're still so another guy that you're still holding on to that and you're keeping him... Yeah, I think he, if you have him already, you probably... But you're not playing him, right? This is no. purely just an insurance... Basically, like this isn't yeah. a weekly matchup sort of thing. This no, is just just holding them. I think just for that, it's it's just the the workload hasn't been there for you to confidently fire him up and start him. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so that is gonna. Uh, I guess we should look at the rest of the players in that game. Uh, you start Nick Chubb, obviously. Yeah. Jacoby Brissett yeah. against Miami. Uh, maybe. Maybe if you have to, if you're. Need a bye week fill in if you happen to have Lamar Jackson or Joe Burrow and you didn't manage to pick up anybody else at this point. 
And then anybody else? Amari uh, Cooper, you're starting. Yep. Oh, that was the other interesting thing about earlier when I said Donovan Peoples Jones. There's been a distinctive split where Amari Cooper has been good at home and worse on the road, and Donovan Peoples Jones has been better on the road than at home, and they are on the road this week, just so you know. So, okay. Just throw it out there. Fantasy, get some DPJ in the lineups. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Get him cheap and maybe avoid Amari Cooper if possible. But in redraft or dynasty, you should still fire up Amari Cooper because you should still be the number one wide receiver there. David and Joku's out. I'm not starting whoever the tight end might be there. And then on the flip side of that, we've got the Miami Dolphins. You are yeah. starting yeah. Waddle. You're starting Hill. You're starting What's the situation Tua. there at running back? We're starting to. I mean, you're. I'd like to wait a week, but if if. It looks to me like this is now Jeff Wilson's backfield. Uh-huh. Like he was more effective than Mostert last week. And him, after being there for like two or three days, he was given more work. And, and he was on the field for more. He ran more routes, um, had more carries. Nine carries for 51 yards. Anything to do with game script at all, you think? or He got some passing work as well. Three three catches for yeah. 31 yards. Caught a touchdown. Yeah. Um no, I think they're both familiar. They're both guys that McDaniel's familiar with from San Fran. And I just think it, right now it seems to be that Jeff Wilson is a more effective runner. So where do both those guys kind of fall in there? You know, if we're talking about roster cloggers, are you confidently starting either one of them? Or are you holding on and hoping for um, some clarity or an injury? I think or? you're holding on and hoping for clarity. And then when you get that clarity, you have – a running back in a high volume offense. I think there's there's potential and there's there's value there. How much longer are you holding on to see how this pans out? Like and give it a week or two, you know? Okay. I mean some some leagues you might not have that luxury. Like I have this situation, I have them both in Dynasty. And like regardless, I'm not I'm not dropping either one of them this season. So like I'm I have the, the time to let it play out and see what happens. But in a redraft or a shallow or a dynasty you league. You may not have that you know that opportunity to do that. Yeah, you got to make a decision a little bit quicker, especially because again, like it's just one of those things where it's a money backfield. Like if you're not even st- a redraft league, if you're not starting one of them each week, then they are kind of just taking up space in their end. So like, what is the what is the thing that you're looking for? Where like I'm finally going to be confident about putting this guy in there, or confident about dropping him, and I guess it's just a matter of another week or two of seeing how the backfield develops and then dropping him. But, like, again, it's risky because, you know, a lot of fantasy trade deadlines are coming up. So, like, you won't have the option to trade them in a week or two if you don't do it soon. So, like, right. I feel like those might be guys that we should maybe I should have had on here as, like, players that, like, a decision needs to be made about sooner than, you know, later because of the trade deadlines coming up. Yeah, we could do that, a segment like that next week. Next week we could do some interesting things. Yeah, for sure. All right, now maybe do it like a... You said trade a decision to be made on like a trade or cut or something. It's time to make a decision. Do like a look in at some um, some draft prospects, highlight a couple guys, maybe take a look at what they're doing. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So, yeah. So we might do some of that next week. But until then, that is going to be everything from us tonight. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at Fantasy Eyeballs. We are also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere you get your audio podcasts. Until next time, I'm Ryan McNichols. Rich Mike Coyle. Later. See ya.